The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Come geek out with Twink.com during February to celebrate Anime Month. We're celebrating with new items from top animes, including Demon Slayer, Naruto, My Hero Academia, and more. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. Um, before I get any further, check out the homepage, WookieRadio.net. Support our affiliates and partners down the right-hand side. Uh, one not listed that is coming up soon uh, to be on the site, but hey, listen to the code now. That's Geeks15 to get 15% off your first purchase at Toink Toys. And their site is Toink dot com t o y n k dot com uh gentlemen we have uh nickname is supreme emperor but he is the one of the top people over at wikipedia we have jordan with us tonight how's everyone doing all right yeah doing pretty good doing fantastic happy to be here thanks for having me Oh, our pleasure. We're all still reeling from the that Boba Fett fin- finale tonight. Uh, between that, what a finale that was! Between that and the uh, the immersion I've been through the last couple of days, yeah, yeah, all the stuff that Mike's not allowed to talk about ever. Yeah, he's got one of those on pain of death waivers that he signed. Uh, <laughs> I like my job type waivers, <laughs> NDAs. <laughs> So yeah, there there are some cool things with the Star Cruiser. That's all I can say. There's some cool things with the Star Cruiser. Star Cruiser crash? No, no. They didn't let Mike pilot it, so it didn't crash well, yet. Well, at least hey. they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Hey. Anyway, um, before we get into Book of Boba Fett and we get into um, Wikipedia and the history behind Wikipedia, how about a little?
Yay. <laughs> I thought that was only when we had other shows on the show with us. Content creators and Wikipedia is a major content creator. So I think it's just we haven't done it in so long. Mike's like, I have to have someone do it with me. Well, <laughs> this this one's not going to count towards the standings. One, because I can't find my standing sheet. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, now no, if we can so figure out how to make him lose the cards. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, I found the standing sheet. Okay, so it'll count. Um, how the game's played. It is based on... The Star Wars Family Feud game, card game that came out years ago. Uh, we go round by round, go back and forth between the shows. So it's not like your typical Family Feud where one side gets three strikes, the other side tries to steal. We go round by round. So both sides answer in each round. Results are either both teams get three strikes in the same round and whoever had the highest answer wins the tie break or both teams gets sweeps the card which again highest answer wins the wins the game or one team gets three strikes and the other team does not get three strikes and whoever got the three strikes obviously loses so that's probably the most clear that we've had with the rules and i still need to record them Write them down. Clear as Pantapudu. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Jordan, I have three cards sitting in front of me. You have my attention. And I will let you pick card one, two, or three. I'm feeling number two. Number two. <laughs> I'm feeling number two as well after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eight answers on the board. Name something everyone knows about Star Wars. And Jordan. C3. C3PO. That would be first strike. Wow. Wow. I've already started bombing it. <laughs> and there's eight okay, answers. There's, yeah, I got two answers possibly on top of my head. I was thinking either Jedi or, um, well, it'd be three actually Jedi, the Force, or Lightsaber. Probably Jedi's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's go with that. Number six. Wow. That's a little ways down. Mm, back to you. Hey, we're on the board. All right. Let's go. Let's go with uh, Sith and Republic. You're thinking too deep on this. You got to think this is um, this was not written by Star Wars fans. Okay. This okay. was a standard, like a standard yeah, Hasbro yeah. or Milton Bradley game. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, I'm thinking, I'm thinking deep Wikipedia into yep. this. <laughs> but you know, his, his yeah. answer, but the answers still haven't been that bad. No. no. I would have thought C-3PO would be there. Yeah, I would have thought that would have been there for but sure. But I'll bet you Darth Vader okay. is. Well, let's see. Darth Vader. Number one answer. Yep. Uh, oh, Since he's go. always on the top of everybody's mm -hmm. list of um, favorite villains. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go with the corresponding lay side option and say Yoda. That is your third mm. strike. Wookie. This is not this ain't going so well here. Wookie Radio takes the <laughs> But guys, you guys want to give it one more attempt at, a, at an answer. Go ahead, Derek. I threw out the last two. Um, let's go with the full force. Number two. Wow. The other answers. Number three, Vader is father. What? I was thinking like, I was thinking actually we like never names, not, uh, yeah. not movie lines. <laughs> no. Well, it's what everybody knows about Star Wars. Yeah. Number. But I, I never would have thought of that answer. No. Number four. A long time ago. Oh come on. So yeah, I would not. Uh, have, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I was thinking more um, characters. Yeah, I went yeah. straight. I went straight down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. 
Number seven, mm-hmm. Death Star. Number mm-hmm. number eight, Soundtrack. What? Yeah, I would not have gotten uh, that. Nope. Not in a million years. <laughs> so, Derek, for you, it was a quick, aimless round. For Jordan, it was, sorry, it was as painful as falling into a ramp. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't have called it painless, but... I would say that's about as mm. painful as that poor uh, that poor Pike Syndicate grunt uh, earlier this morning. <laughs> uh, so before we get into Book of Boba Fett, tell us a little bit about Wikipedia and how it got, how you came up with it or how y'all got started. So to get to the start of that, we got to go back to the year 2005. At the time, everyone went to Wikipedia for everything Star Wars. But over time, as that started getting deeper and deeper into the actual in-universe lore... A lot of people started to question, how deep should Wikipedia actually go? And the consensus ended up being not super deep, just covering, you know, the movies, the basics, the characters, but like nothing into the deep, deep expanded universe lore. So to two early users, um, White Boy and uh, Riff Siphon, came up with the idea of uh, creating a new site, which at the time would be hosted on, I believe it was called WikiCities, later became Wikia, and then later Fandom. And they came up with the idea of having a dedicated Star Wars site, somewhere where all that in-universe lore could be documented in a way that's uh, accessible for everyone, that anyone can edit and contribute to, where you don't have to worry about getting purged off of Wikipedia for going too in-depth. And it was immediately a smash hit. Hmm. So the first content came from, uh, obviously, Wikipedia and any existing stuff from there, and then... Over the next couple of years, everything just exploded. And from there, we've just never looked back. I came in in about 2008 when I first started reading on the site. And it took me probably two to three years to really get comfortable with actually starting to make a couple small edits and contributions here and there. And then from there, the rest is just history. Once you go down that rabbit hole, you don't come back. Yeah, I understand that. We, it's kind of been like us with uh, with podcasting. <laughs> Honestly, I've done, I've done a couple of podcasts so far, and I'm having an absolute blast getting to get out there and uh, meet some of the extended community. Well, very cool. What is the possibility that we may see on Wikipedia a uh, podcast section? Too early to call for the moment. At the moment, a lot of the fan-related stuff is things like the movie Fanboys that had uh, a larger cultural impact. But I would be interested in seeing... Uh, some sort of a um, maybe a collaborative effort of some sort, maybe even a hey, here's a page. This is some podcast that we've done some content with something to kind of give back a little bit to the fans. Obviously, that would be a larger site thing. I'm not a dictator. <laughs> I'm not the emperor. I, I, I like the I like the idea of maybe having the collaboration page instead. Not because so you're I collaborating am. with us now, but <laughs> I mean, just in yeah. general, just mm-hmm. so people, you know, if they want to hear different areas where, you know, Wikipedia has been talked about on podcasts or on blogs or whatnot. Yeah. Or even here's a link. This is a show that we participated in. Yeah. Yeah. If I've learned anything. So I've been doing our Twitter account since uh, end of May last year and our YouTube account since August. And if I found one thing from doing that, it's just how much people enjoy actually getting to know us and learning exactly how we do what we do. Yeah. It sounds very cool. Actually, that's the direction I kind of wanted to go um, with this next with the, how you guys do what you do, because um, just about everybody in the world at this point has heard of um, Wikipedia and um, all Star Wars fans at this point know what Wikipedia is, but how do you guys um, cross reference to get 
the amount of info you guys have on the site is insane sometimes. And it, like, it seems like as soon as something drops, you've already got all the information ready to go. So what's some of the behind the scenes on how do you get some of this info and how fast you guys are able to actually get it up there and um, back check it and everything else? Well, short version is uh, devoting copious amounts of free time to this. Um, I'll use one of the earlier episodes of the Book of Boba Fett as an example. So when we first saw that Twi'lek Major Domo, who has instantly fast become uh, one of our community favorite characters, Myself and a few others decided to get together and do a little uh, group edit session where we got hopped on a Discord call together. We copied what we had into a Google Doc, and over a period of about two hours, we wrote up the entire article for the Major Domo for his appearance um, when he first appeared. And within two hours, we had a full comprehensive article of every bit of detail that we could pull out of that episode, including stuff from the uh, audio description, probably within about a two, two to three hour period. A lot of it just uh, really comes down to we just we love what we do. We have a lot of uh, fantastic, absolutely amazing people uh, on our site, um, all volunteer based, obviously. So everyone just comes and goes as they please, works on what interests them. But it really just comes down to uh, an amazing community of very, very talented people. Okay, very cool. So you you said you came on when? Uh, about two thousand eight was when I first started looking at the site. Um. I made a couple of little initial edits to the, uh, I'm assuming everyone here is familiar with the old Sun Crusher. So I made a couple of little edits to that and then just kind of dipped my toes in here and there. Um, a little bit later, I joined, at the time, our IRC Internet Relay chat. And from there, just once you go down that rabbit hole, once you meet the amazing community, you, get, you make a lot of good friends, a lot of good acquaintances, and you just kind of keep going from there. So over the next couple of years, I got kind of better and better at editing, learning the procedures, the policies, um, joined a few of our reviewing panels. And then in 2015, I was voted in as one of our site administrators. Very cool. Hmm. You covered my next question. How did you end up coming on board? <laughs> so, yeah, don't need to ask that one anymore. <clears throat> that was going to be my question, too. <laughs> um, fa favorite things you have uh, covered on... I say covered, uh, have done on Wikipedia um, and maybe one of the most obscure things that you've done? I think in terms of obscure, um, I wrote up a couple of articles a couple of years back to do with uh, the novel The Approaching Storm, I believe it was Ellen Dean Foster. Um, I wrote up a couple articles from that, and that was kind of what really taught me the basics. Um, learned a lot from doing that about you know how this, how things should be worded on the site, some of those kind of unwritten policies and procedures. Um, that'll probably be one of the more obscure things. Okay. But I would, say, there, um, I would have to say, though, that as far as the most uh, enjoyable part of it, uh, it'll be twofold. It's one, getting to interact with just our community in general. Um, so honestly, it's more of a family than a community. It's kind of a place where everyone knows each other. If one of us is having a bad day, we support each other. On the good days, we celebrate together. Um, everyone just kind of collaborates and just has a good time. And the second would be getting to do our social media because it's just been so much fun getting to uh, interact with the larger community and help answer questions and kind of pull back the veil on how we how we operate. Do um do you guys have some of you have different uh, 
focuses or specialties? We do. Everyone kind of has their own little niche topics that they like to cover. Like we have some people that do exclusively work with the older public MMO. Uh, myself, I tend to gravitate more towards mm. Legends Legends novels. Uh, currently, I'm working on some things from Legacy of the Force Fury. If you know, I ever have enough free time to get back to that. Um, mm. Everyone just has their own kind of niche interests of what brought them here and what picks what piques their interest. Mm. Nice. How about you've been there for a while now? Um, not just what you've worked on, but is there anything that um, what's the one thing that's really come across the a new article or new thing that's been covered in it that was a total shock that you're like. You had no idea that something like this would ever be covered in Wikipedia. Oh, that is a good one. We've got a lot of very... something that was really surprising when you saw that someone had wrote up an article about this. Oh, probably anything from the uh, Tiny Death Star mobile game. <laughs> I loved that game. <laughs> <laughs> that, that weird, a... and that comes back to everyone's kind of got their own little niche interests. That was a great game. I've never played it. <laughs> I never played it back in the heyday, but uh, I've seen some of the content written. And the idea of Death Star having uh, things like amusement park sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a, it was similar to, uh, what was it, Tiny Tower? <laughs> or it was an 8-bit game. And, of course, now there's a, oh, yeah. there's a Lego Tiny Tower as well. That, that one's still active. Like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, why couldn't they have kept the, the Death Star one? And you just built layers in the, in the Death Star. <laughs> just, I think they had a Star Trek version of that also. Uh that was uh Pixel Trek. Okay. Yeah. And oh, it, it was similar. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. you had to you had you, you had a ship, but you um you added rooms to it. Yeah. And they missed out on the idea of build your own Borg cube. Oh that, oh, that, that would have been cool. That could have been, been solid gold. That could have been a sequel sequel to the Pixel Trek. <laughs> Pixel Borg. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's been one of your favorite articles to to write about? I'm gonna honestly, even though it's kind of a more recent one, I'm gonna go with that major domo because um, the backstory behind that was uh, a couple months back. I created a project which I dubbed Wookie Nights. The idea being that we would have every month a night off, so to speak, where we would all get together in a voice channel. We would watch a movie and just uh, you know relax and enjoy ourselves. We ended up actually just taking over that voice channel uh, to test out a couple little ideas on editing as a group. Just like I said, everyone's got their own kind of focuses. So what I might miss while I'm reviewing, someone else will catch. What they'll miss, I'll catch. And when we put all that together, boom, here's a thousand word article in two hours. And that really got me thinking a lot about uh, some other collaborative ideas of if we can do this, what else can we do? Okay, sounds pretty cool. So, Derek, and any other questions about Wikipedia? Um, <laughs> have you ever had an instance where uh, one of your uh, colleagues has edited something and and you've looked at it and said, "Ah, it's not quite right," and you had to go in and fix it? Uh, honestly, more than you might think, because you know, obviously we're human. Everyone makes some mistakes, um, but generally. Generally, though, the benefit to us uh, being all on our Discord channel together is if one of us makes a mistake, we can just ping them and be like, hey, did you mean to do this? Nope. Okay, I'll fix it. No worries. <laughs> and generally, generally speaking, we stay very civil. Things get a little heated at nice. times. Everyone's going to bicker, but we're quick to diffuse those situations. And we're, all, we're all pretty good at taking uh, constructive criticism and a little bit of feedback because, you know what? None of us are perfect, much as we wish we were. <laughs> 
Good. I think um, that covered it for on this stuff right now. All right. That was most of what I had. Well, let's get into the finale of Book of Boba Fett. What did you guys think? Wow. I think there's really yeah. only one word to describe this, and that is wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they set up a whole lot of stuff over the six episodes. And it, going into this, it was like, how are they going to wrap any of this stuff up in the, the, the amount of time they have for one episode? And yet they figured out how to do it. That's the one thing that uh, the Favreau Filoni, uh, I don't know if you could call it the rain on Star Wars or the collaboration of those guys working together is they've learned the use of pacing really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly well. Yeah, and they did. And I had that same thought going in was like, how can we wrap up all of these different little stories that we've told over the last few episodes in this one block? And they pulled it off. They pulled it off masterfully. Yes, they, they really did. Yeah. Disappointed were were y'all disappointed with the ending, considering um how the show was going and, and hearing what some of the fan response had been like. Personally, I was no. personally I was very happy with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I liked what they did with it. I mean they could have done more, but they didn't need to. They did they did what was needed for this show. While you're still setting up that um that this is a part of the larger Mandalorian universe. I mean, he was able to move on into where we're going to find him at the beginning of the next season. We don't have to waste any time figuring out where Grogu is, how that works, or anything else. We, we're the two of them are together and moving off. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I forgot to say this before we started the conversation, so I'll do it now. Spoiler alert! So just again. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> oh, that's all good. By the time people, yeah, by the time people he- hear this, it'll be they would have watched the show like fifteen times already. <laughs> Still putting it out there. Um, so last week's ended with the kind of the cliffhanger of what's Grogu going to do? Are you surprised with the decision he went with? Nope. No. Not in the slightest. I figured he was going to go. He was going to pick the uh, the armor because you know he misses. Misses his dad. Um, I was expecting him to take the lightsaber too, but that may just be me thinking like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping for that. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced he doesn't have the lightsaber. I just have nothing to prove it at this time. Yeah, and there's nothing saying that he doesn't go back to it. Because this could be actually one of the first things that, because um, as far as we know, this is Luke's first pad one, the first time he's tried to train someone else. I mean, fully, because I'm assuming at this point, uh, Leia doesn't have time to train yet. Yeah. Mm. But um, so it's like, as far as we know, this is the first time Luke's had a Padawan and he decided, nope, I'm going, I'm out. So maybe this is one of the things that helps Luke uh, adjust the training or teachings of the Jedi. Because if you think the last episode we saw Luke is embracing, I think some of it's Ahsoka's influence, obviously, because he didn't know what the original Jedi order was like. But um. Right. We see him embracing the whole no attachment, all these other things, whereas everything in his entire life has been the right. exact opposite of that. I mean, he left his training because of his attachment to his friends and family. He um, he saved the universe because of love for his father. <laughs> I mean, and then all of a sudden, I, have to say, uh, I was a little disappointed. This. I was a little disappointed in Luke that he was going down that same path. As far as teaching, I was like, you know, you're teaching stuff that didn't end up working for the Jedi, Luke. You gotta, you gotta be better. You gotta do different. Well, you gotta remember also, like I said, Ahsoka is the only person he knows that actually knew the original Jedi, and the only thing she right. knows is what they taught. 
There's nothing mm-hmm. else that, because as far as we know, he may not, he probably doesn't, has not found the original Jedi text yet or any of these other, he's had five years of searching around, but that's, it's a really big galaxy. Right. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. And as he's been doing that searching, he's still trying to figure out himself. What does it mean to be a Jedi? Mm-hmm. Right. But you would think for him, having the attachments helped made him stronger. You would think maybe he would have recognized as that as a potential flaw with uh, with the original right. Jedi and, and to change it instead of what he's done of going back to, well, this is what Ahsoka has said. This is what I was told by Yoda and Obi-Wan. Or in his case, but, Yoda and Ben. So this is where we go. But like you said, Ken, I think having Grogu um, choose to go back to the Mandalorian might help Luke see that. Oh yeah, we, you know, like you don't. That's not the way to do it. Well, also, if you look at the history of Luke Skywalker on screen that we've seen, because we've only got him in movies up until this point, really. But also, he's very mm. he's always been very quick to a decision, very much mm-hmm. moving as fast as he can. He's not the right. guy to sit back and contemplate what the next decision is. So he's still mm. learned that part. He hasn't quite learned that part yet. I mean, he's already calling himself uh, Jedi Master. He's been a Jedi all of like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, like seven or eight years ago. And they're already calling him a Jedi Master. <laughs> you thought Anakin tried to move on fast? Yeah. <laughs> really, that's one thing that um, you got to think when we're watching Boba Fett, we're watching Mandalorian. It's five years after Return of the Jedi, which is only three years after A New Hope. Luke Skywalker, first time ever he saw a lightsaber was in A New Hope. So that, like I said, that's about seven or eight years before this. Now, mm-hmm. he's a lot in those seven or eight years. That's still only seven years. Most Jedi took 20, 30 years before they were even, um, or they were Padawans for what? Almost 20 years sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Especially when you throw in the fact that he himself doesn't have access to the sheer amount of knowledge they had at the temple. He's just, he has bits and pieces to pick off of um, just basically mm-hmm. what he's found in his travels. There's no central repository like Wikipedia in universe. Well, there was. Although, <laughs> although if any if, if any authors want to, you know, drop in a the Jedi archives, also known as Wikipedia, <laughs> please, please feel free. <laughs> I do want to see. I do want to get a, um, if nothing else, at least a book series at some point. Or at this point, with the way they've done the technology to make um, that we've seen Luke on screen for the last couple episodes, we that would not be surprised if we eventually got a Luke Skywalker series. But something that gives us the story of him searching and finding some of this knowledge. I mean, maybe finding the ancient, the old Jedi temple in Coruscant and finding out which building it was and that some of it's still there. Or maybe the um, Imperial archives that actually have some of this that was saved. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Even, yeah, like you said, him finding the ruins of the temple and exploring the lower levels um, where there was that ancient Sith shrine. If it's still if it's still there in the current canon, if they were going to do that, though, I would rather them do it a different way than the the Luke we saw in Book of Boba Fett. What do you mean? The the quote unquote deep fake CGI Luke. I would rather see ah. um, like um, uh, what's his name? Ah, drawing a blank. Sebastian like a Soldier. Yes. Like I'd rather see him play Luke if they were going to do that quick though, because he's like an actual series of it. Sebastian Stan, how old is he right now? That's a good question. He's got to be at least late forties or late thirties. Uh, uh, Sebastian Stan was born in nineteen eighty-two. 
Yes, yeah, he's 40. He's behind us. He's 39. So if they're going to do that and have him take place of Luke Skywalker, he's already 10 years older than where Luke should be. <clears throat> but the whole com- the whole computer-generated Luke they had was okay in small doses, but I think if they did a lot of it, and, and I personally, it, I think it would bother me. Yeah. Well, part of it is also, I think, um, they saw the... I didn't m- mind um, Solo the with, um, what was his name, Aaron Alston. I didn't mind that too much, but they still, there was a huge backlash from a lot of different fans out there that did not want to see anybody but Harrison Ford play that role ever. Yeah. It, yeah. I Disney's going to look at it like this, because this technology is going to get better. You got to think, this deep fake, deep fake stuff is only a couple years old. And it's in a lot of it was fans making the technology work. Yeah. You give them enough time and enough time to play with it. It's going to be almost un, um, dist- indistinguishable from the real thing. I think what we'll mm. see in the, I think what we'll see in the future is going to be uh, a good combination of uh, casting a younger actor for some of the, um, some of the earlier life things combined with some deep fake technology mixed in with uh, some of the later in life moments. I think you'll start to see a lot more combination of that, especially as, like you said, the technology develops more. The other one I was kind of surprised with that I heard a rumor. I'm not, I've not heard it confirmed anywhere, but I guess the um, Luke Skywalker talking in any of this, none of that was actually new dialogue from Mark Hamill. That was actually a computer no. putting that together from yeah. the library of what he has said past. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just cutting and pasting and um, mixing it and then adjusting the voice, the slight bits of voice to make it fit. Yeah, that could be a challenge to do. It's all automatic now. I mean, it's not automatic, obviously. The computer has to go through right, and right. do it, but it's amazing. It's basically an AI does it. So lately, one of the things that we've been working on is I've been working on our, our interview series. Um, we've done two so far, but I would love to someday be able to pick Mark Hamill's brain about uh, about uh, the Mandalorian, about the Book of Boba Fett, you know, how he feels Luke's being portrayed. I would love to sit down and pick his brain about some of that. That sounds very cool. The only thing I have sometimes on those is um, the same problem that well, I've discussed. We, I discussed it here with the way um, we've seen Luke in the past, where it, they show him here. I had the same thing with the um, sequel trilogy, with it just doesn't feel like the the way they're portraying him is almost like they were reading all the old EU novels too, and they're like saying, okay, well, the Luke that was towards the end of the EU novels is what we're going to get, and not and uh, without the general population seeing that character grow through all the books. So they're going to see what ends at Return of the Jedi, and then all of a sudden he's this wise old Jedi master with no story in between. <laughs> and it got a lot of people that just don't react well to that. They're like, wait a minute, how did the, this is not Luke Skywalker. I think I think it's more of the fans that don't react well to that. I think there's a lot of... Pers- like I think... I- Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think there's a lot of perception of uh, what people are, were expecting, either a Luke or what we're seeing with Boba Fett, whatnot. But I think that's where a lot of things are, you know, people are getting upset about. I think the cool thing about that, um, to look at it from a different perspective, is we know where Luke Skywalker's been. We know where he ends up. But now we get to fill in all of these stories in between of how did we get from this young, impulsive Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi to this... Uh, wise old hermit when we get to the force awakens we have all that room now to play and figure out how did we get from there to here right that's a, that's the thing that always killed me about the people that complain about the way luke was portrayed in the sequels it's like it's not like it's it's 30 years of you know life that he's gone through and who knows what else and 
none of us are the same as we were 30 years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I actually got better looking. I would like to think I'm a lot wiser now, but well, you are with us. Yeah. You do choose to do this every week. <laughs> as much as we complain about it, the, the, um, Star Wars Family Feud, we know is coming every time, and we still walk right into it. How wise is that? <laughs> I, I have no clue what y'all are talking about. But we probably should get back into Boba Fett, though. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a tangent. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Dude, I, I like the rabbit that's holes right. we get into discussing things. <laughs> Listen, this is exactly what we do all the time on Wikipedia. We start at one point, we go down a rabbit hole, and three hours later, we come out on something completely different that wasn't even related <laughs> to where we started. We, we do the same thing here. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but not for three hours. <laughs> not for three hours, but we, we've done the same thing here. I've gone into work a lot of times on very little sleep because we've just been going down rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sadly, I'm a little too old for that now. <laughs> yeah. So, Ken, you were saying... Uh, Back to Book of Boba Fett. Take us away. <clears throat> well, we open up, and um, it's interesting because we open up basically in the burned out cantina or yeah. the bar slash casino clash, whatever. And it's interesting that they basically decide the, that's where they're going to make their stand because Bo- Boba and Fennec Shan say, okay, well, we know the battle's coming. Why don't we go back to the palace where we know we're fortified and we're all good? And the mods make a good point saying, you know what? All of our friends and all of our family are here in Mos Espa. We have to protect them. Your palace has no, nothing in it. Nobody there. There's no reason to protect it. So uh, we they make the battle plan, fully expecting the new people of Freetown to show up. Yeah. So now at the end of the last episode, did any of you um, think that Cobb Vanth was uh, – what's your opinion? Dead, live? Oh, live, 100%. As soon as we saw – Obviously, as soon as they did that shootout with uh, Cad Bane and and most probably were Freetown, um, we broke down that scene a lot, and we watched well, the deputy. Obviously, he didn't have a chance. No. Yeah. But you freeze frame, and oh, well, Cobb Vanth took a, a shot to the shoulder. Well, right. He's alive. So if they're mm. going to kill off a main character like him, it's going to be something other than yeah, a shot from a better range. Yeah. Right. And actually, uh, just jumping to the end because everybody's seen the show so much. The, the last scene in the um, back to pod, I had to freeze frame that a couple times until I finally figured out who it was that was, that was in the uh, back to pod. I was first it thinking it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, I was first thinking it was going to be Cad Bane until I looked closer and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's not blue. That's that's Vanth. <laughs> I'm not. Convinced yeah, it took me a while, two or three I'm, times to watch it back and say that. Oh wait, that's Cobb Vanth. <laughs> I, I I'm not. I'm not convinced that Cad Bane's dead though. I'm not convinced he's dead yet. Mm, I'm not either. Because he had that little blinking light at yet, the end. The other thing that I was glad of was was that um that Cad Bane told Boba Fett that he you know took tried to take Freetown out of the picture so that that way they Boba Fett, neither Boba Fett nor the Mandalorian thought that Freetown was kind of, how do I say this politely? Uh, (laughs) Screwing them over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They're they're not under the impression that the marshals just decided, eh, they're on their own. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I was glad about that. I was like, oh, that's good. We also got one of my favorite interactions in the show so far. It's when uh, the Major Domo offers to go out and negotiate on their behalf. And you have that <laughs> moment where his expression as he's reading this thing, he's like, now, oh, and this is the, and he just freezes for a second. You see his eyes kind of go wide and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like I'm about to I, die. <laughs> I was watching that with my wife, and as he's walking out there, I'm like, "Dude, who's gonna shoot him first? Is Boba gonna shoot him in the back, or are they gonna? Are the Pice gonna shoot him from the front before he even gets out there?" <laughs> yeah. I am totally the shocked that I he survived this whole it, time. I know. Well, he's found a new love interest, you know. Yeah, I think uh, we um, can. I think we can all agree that's. We mm-hmm. saw some sparks there. <clears throat> yep. The only thing um, that I was that that I wasn't sure about was it seemed like Boba Fett didn't write all that long for everything that was in that. <laughs> I think I he flourished a little bit on the beginning of it because yeah, Boba probably. Fett wrote his terms down, which was no terms. <laughs> mm, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably had to think quick on his feet to save himself. <laughs> I saw a great meme of that earlier. So it's, um, are any of you familiar with, um, I think it was Parks and Rec? Mm-hmm. Yep. You get the uh, scene of Ron Swanson in the park. Don't worry, I have a permit. Mm-hmm. Just replace that with Boba Fett. I can do what I want. <laughs> One thing I did love, though, was getting to see that uh, scene of Fennec Shand, Master Assassin, at the end. Yeah. 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 The Which one thing going, I was like, I was like, where did Fennec go? And the one thing going through my head at that point, at that moment, as she's just massacring all their leadership, is, well, we can write these characters up now. They're not coming back. Yeah. Don't have to worry about beating them again. Mm-hmm. Guess the mayor didn't flee off world on uh, scheduled vacation. <laughs> now, do you think? Do you think Boba Fett told her to do that, or was she doing it on her own? No, remember Boba Fett um, told her they discussed where the uh, syndicate's headquarters was, and then he said, "You think you can make it in time?" Which I think meant before they um, clear out. Yeah, and there was that little mention of mm. I want to say it was like decapitating their leadership or something like that. Yeah, that was the plan the whole time was for her to go True. and take that take care of business there. Now I was kind of surprised that she bailed out the mods first. I think she definitely. Uh, I think in the the one girl, I think she sees something that she sees in herself, kind of that uh, that inner fire. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll agree with that. Now, any disappointment that we did not see Afra show up? I was really hoping no. for that. I said, you're probably the only one that was really, really pushing for that. I wasn't yeah. pushing, but I, I was kind of hoping. I was really hoping for Afra, so I could I, then, uh, so I could then message Alyssa Wong after and be like, Afra. Yeah, I honestly didn't think that was going to happen. Just give me, now, like a, just give me a scene of her and Krasantan. Well, that could also be Mike. That um, Luke Skywalker series I was talking about, the um, him looking for the Jedi are, Jedi artifacts and stuff. That could be an Afra series doing the same thing. Could be. Is there it? There is talk of um uh what you call it um spinoff spinoff of the Luke series with the Luke series. And the one thing I think that they're going to notice is now that they've done this, you've seen what they've seen now. What kind of tension bringing a comic character into a main series show? They've seen now what kind of attraction that brings. Like even just on our end, um, in the span of probably a week, our Crescenton article was viewed over four hundred thousand times. See, like that—that that just tells you how much interest there is in bringing a comic character into a main series show. See, they—they they brought in a great character to do so. You know, that was a character created for the comics by Karen Gillian. Afro would be, would would take off the same way. They decided yeah. to do it. It's a matter of they got to decide to do it. I would not be surprised if we saw that in the future. 
it, I'm now kind of hoping maybe we see her in either the the indoor series or we see her in uh, the next season of Mandalorian. I think the chances are better for Did the indoor see- series. Yeah, probably. Did you say see that they're already saying they gave it? They're already giving Andor a second season. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> just like that's just weird. If it's true, it's weird because it hasn't even come out yet. And if it's not true, it's a weird rumor to start. <laughs> yeah, it's not unheard of though. There's a lot true. of shows that I mean, as far out as Andor still is, then that's a little bit more. Usually, within the a lot of a lot of streaming shows have get, pick up for a second season within a week or two before the show starts. Mm. Is when they'll usually announce it. But Andor, we still got months and months before we see that one officially, as far as I know. <clears throat> Unless with the, with um, they're going to slide it in before Obi Wan starts, and we just they're not telling anybody yet. True. You know it's going to be a good year when you have so many new shows coming out that you don't actually know which one is going to come out first. Mm-hmm. But we know when two of the shows are coming. In general, I mean, it, I, um, we'll get to the Obi Wan news probably later on, but um, we know Mando's coming at the end of the year sometime. So it's like, do we still have Andor and we have Bad Batch coming in somewhere in here? All that's supposed to be this year. Yeah. Now, the one thing I had heard from a bunch of people: Were you expecting to hear mm-hmm. any kind of a mention of the the Bad Batch from Cad Bane in that last episode? Were you uh, Were you thinking you were going to hear that? No. I was hoping for it. No. Not surprised it didn't come, but I was hoping for something offhanded to Boba and a little conversation between the two of them because obviously, you know, uh, Cad Bane trained Boba in Does, some of his younger years. Yeah, and and Boba is the alpha to Omega. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you got to think, though, um, at this point, the Bad Batch is more than likely 100% gone. All the original clones other than Boba are more than likely dead because remember Boba was a unfiltered, unchanged clone. He never didn't had any of the advanced um, aging or anything like that. So look at the age he is now. Then think of all of the clones that were made at the same time as him that were rapidly aged. They would I be think, like nine years old or more by now, at this point. I think the only other one they probably realistic, realistically could have brought in would be uh, Kix because he was, I believe, frozen in carbonite or something like that. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Well, Mega could be alive still because if I remember right, she well, you could see that she's not aging rapidly. Well, that's a thought I had is like, where is Omega right now? You wonder. And is it uh, is she in a good place or is she in a bad place right now? True. Yeah, I'm sitting here. actually. Does Boba Fett know about her? I would like to know the answer to that. The impression I'm getting is no. That's what I'm getting too. Because I, I, if the clones didn't know about her, then she didn't know. Then he wouldn't have known about her. It's almost like she was a, a kept secret. Mm. The only catch would be if Fennec Shan tells Boba, because obviously, you know, she knows Omega. Right. And maybe that could be a premise for uh, season two. That would be a nice little addition there. Mm-hmm. A good way to kind of tie everything together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting here with the um, episode running on the one screen while we're talking. And uh, was I the only one that thought um, for I don't know what it is, but something about uh, maybe it was because of how little we saw him last week. that Cad Bane actually looked better last week than he did in this episode. Almost. I think we saw too much Mm -hmm. of this episode. Then it looked the same to me. Yeah, it was about the same. About the same to me, but I've only been able to I only had time to watch the episode once and it was on a small mobile phone screen. Yeah. But I, I felt about the same. Okay. 
I was really hoping they would throw in a uh, his catchphrase, you know, Cad Bane at your service. Mm-hmm. Although one of my favorite shots in the entire episode was um, when the X-Wing first starts flying into Mos Eisley and you get the um, the camera shot right over to the basically over the shoulder of R2-D2, where like if you put the ca- the camera on the back of the yep. X-Wing flying in, that was a fantastic, beautiful shot. That was. Yeah, yeah, that 100%. was. And I almost expected Luke to be in the X-Wing also. You and me both. That was my first thought. You know, another great surprise that we didn't see Luke. Mm-hmm. But to get R2 going, uh, hurry this up because I need to take him to the Mandalorian. It's kind of cool confirmation, 100%, though. They, um, an astromech doesn't technically need a pilot. True. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was almost wondering if it was going to be like R2 ended up getting caught up in the uh, fighting and provided air cover for them. But that I was I was almost expecting that, that. would have been cool. Yeah, actually, I was expecting since we knew Fennec Shand was going to Mos Eisley. I was wondering if she wasn't going to um, bring the X-Wing back to provide air cover with R2 helping her mm-hmm. out. That would have been pretty cool. Mm. But I, I don't think she knew what was happening over in yeah. Mono. No, no, she didn't. And I don't think um, R2 would have trusted her. Quite possibly, yeah. It was amazing to see just how much Grogu has actually uh, progressed since he, I guess, restarted his formal training. He started out not being in the beginning of The Mandalorian, not really having his powers repressed, not really knowing how to control them, to Mm. essentially uh, mind-melding with this rancor and calming it down. Yeah, yeah, and having a nap right next to it. Didn't we see something like that before, though? If I remember right, in Mandalorian, in like it, probably second season, didn't he have something else that he put him to sleep? Uh, we or had him, not remembering we, correctly. We, we had him when he was using the force to beat the crap out of some stormtroopers on the cruiser, yeah, and then he got yeah. sleepy afterwards. Uh, the mudhorn. Yeah, we saw him fall asleep after after that. Yeah, I mean the rancor is much larger than anything else did. that he's dealt with, but. <laughs> We didn't see him cuddle up with the mud horn. <laughs> True. I did love that little uh, that little King Kong moment where you got the Rancor climbing up to the top of yeah. the spire. Yeah. yeah. My first thought was, oh, that is yeah. a beautiful little throwback there. A great little nod, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I'm messed up. I, I have literally had so much stuff go through my head these last couple of days because of work my new work location uh, and I just watched the episode before recording and nothing's nothing's sticking <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm that's why it's running in the background here while we're talking <laughs> mm-hmm. if my internet would support me doing that I would have it open right now but if yeah. I open the episode I'm not going to be able to hear any of you because it's just yeah it's not going to work thank <laughs> you rural internet that's something. That's something we should. Um, maybe we'll do once in a at some point, guys. Is actually do a commentary on like an episode or um, one of the movies or something. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to try that sometime. I've often thought about doing a, a podcast on our end and have like a, a bunch of Wookie, a bunch of editors uh, giving a bit of different perspective as we group watch something to give kind of yeah. the, what our cool. inner monologue is while we're watching because obviously we. We'll tend to look at something mm-hmm. a little differently than, say, uh, a casual fan. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we talked a little bit about Obi-Wan. We have an announced date, an, yes. an official date, May 25th mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Was that the original release date of the uh, of A New Hope? Yes, yes. it was. That's what I thought so. Well, I, that date jumped into my head as soon ago. as I heard it. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that what I think it is? <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And the 25th is a Wednesday. It is the 45th anniversary of the release of A New, New Hope. Hope. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks, well, there like was two- looks like I'm setting early alarms that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith. Um which he, he in which Obi-Wan faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Sky Guy. I mean Skywalker. <laughs> eh, greatest defeat. Eh, you know, I think that's that's subjective. <laughs> See, I don't I, I wouldn't have called that a defeat. <laughs> he won the battle. He's probably had worse defeats, I'm sure, you know. It's one of those you won the battle but you lost the war. It, it wasn't the feet, it was the arms, the legs. Ooh, oh. oh. No, just one arm. Oh. I mean, that fight did cost Anakin an arm and a leg, so. No. Oh. Too soon. No. Too soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what did, what are we think we're going to get from uh from Obi-Wan? I think we're going to uh, see a rematch between him and uh, Anakin, but not in the way everyone's thinking. I think we're going to get a sort of force vision where we see some different outcomes of what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Or maybe That's what Obi-Wan wishes would have happened. That would actually be interesting. Yeah. And it would let them explore it in a, it would let them explore it in a new and exciting way without, you know, breaking the continuity. So, so I just- think the one thing I think we're going to see is definitely um, Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan. No. We're going to get Ewan McGregor. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We're going to get Ewan McGregor, not Ewan McGregor. You know what I've not heard people talk about, but I think there's a very good chance we're going to see is I think we're going to see Liam Neeson in this. I think so, too. I think uh, we will get him. Remember at the end of Revenge of the Sith, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda gave Obi-Wan one thing to do to study while he was um, watching over Luke was, hey, we have a friend who's returned to us, has something to teach you. I think that, uh, yeah, I think we will get that in some form or another. We're going to get a force ghost, Liam Neeson. Quite possibly. Because obviously by the time we get to A New Hope, another 10 years after this, he knows how to surrender himself to the Force, no problem. Because Vader barely touches him and all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. (laughs) We're going to need more editors to cover all this. There's a lot of stuff coming out this year. (laughs) Now now we know um, with this being 10 years before, or 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, this is taking place five years before the first season of Rebels. I wouldn't mind seeing something like uh, the old Kenobi novel by John Jackson Miller, where you get to see Obi-Wan learning yeah. how to live not as a Jedi, learning how to ignore what's going on around him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's see that. I um, One thing I don't want to see is a whole lot of stuff um, happen- taking place off of Tatooine, unless it's like flashback stuff. Because for me personally, looking at it is like, his mission, the whole, whole reason he's on Tatooine is to protect Luke. So he's if he's off doing stuff off of Tatooine, then he's obviously not protecting Luke. Right. Well, that could be a major plot point. He could get, you know, drawn off planet somehow and Luke somehow gets in some kind of trouble or danger and he has to come back and he realizes, oh, yeah, I can't leave. I wouldn't be surprised if there ended up being something to do with the uh, medical records from Polis Massa, where maybe he has to go on a mission to suppress something, mm. or maybe something similar to um, the old, what was it, Last of the Jedi, I want to say it was called, that series with Ferris Olin, where he's uh, 
going out to help an old apprentice. Yeah, it's possible. But I think definitely something to do with uh, him having to delete some a record of some sort that would indicate that uh, the children were alive. Yeah, that would actually that would be urgent. Yeah. If anything could pull him off world, I believe it would be that. Yeah. Well, I, I think it would be odd to um, you know, with the Inquisitors. How would they know to go to mm. Tatooine? Or are we seeing them on Tatooine and seeing them somewhere else? And, and they happen I'm to, to run into in Obi-Wan. Yeah, that's a good question. Are we getting Inquisitors in this show? Do we know this? Yes. Somehow I missed that. Because uh, there's been rumors on who's been cast as an Inquisitor. See, they have all these shows coming out. I would like to. I'm. I think I'm looking forward to this accolade show a lot because you get to see the Jedi at the height of their Jedi before the Sith starts rising again. Before they're officially clouded or the Force is clouded by the Sith and all this. Right. I want to know more about it. I'm definitely excited about that one. There's the chance to explore, you know, another new era where it's kind of a open season you can do what you want you can play with it how you want right i think they're gonna do a lot of exciting things with it one of the things that i like that i'm hearing about um book above or uh, acolyte is it's going to be right at the end of the high republic well that'd be cool because that way all the um problems that happen during the high republic may hopefully be somewhat resolved so you don't have to deal with those during this uh, during this um series right it's just the question is, can they do can they release the series before the end of the High Republic's over and not mess up the timeline and everything that they have going with the High Republic? At least we're still a little bit of time, so I got time to actually get caught up on High Republic. <laughs> no, the, the way they have the publishing schedule and everything else, they already have everything planned out for the next like two or three years, and I don't think we'll see Acolyte until they're until they're just about done with High Republic. Yeah. So, um, I think I've got massive, there was a Hasbro did a fan first Wednesday today as we're, uh, the day we're recording and there's some major star Wars black series and vintage collection pre-orders that are dropping or, or have already dropped. Maybe you could get them. Maybe you can't uh, go check out Hasbro pulse to find out. Odds are <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Good luck beating the crowd to that one. May the force be with you. Or as they say in the Hunger Games, good luck. I mean, may the odds ever be in your favor. <laughs> uh, so the Vintage Collection pre-orders. The Vintage Collection Boba Fett's Throne Room. It's a Hasbro Pulse exclusive, $230. Have you all seen this thing? It does look cool. Mm-hmm. I, already, I already don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this thing is impressive. Uh, uh, all right. See, this is something that could have been a uh, a Haslab deal, especially at this yeah. price. But we're we're getting a fully sculpted playset of the throne room mm-hmm. with the sled, with the throne, with the walls, and it's all plastic sculpted, not cardboard. Say what? Not cardboard. That's why it's two hundred something dollars because you you gotta um, buy all that plastic. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, and it's also coming with a <laughs> the final version of Bib Fortuna that we see get who gets blasted at the end of the Mandalorian. You mean the fat version? Fat Bibba. <laughs> Pat Fortuna. Pat he had Fortuna. A, he had, he had, uh, he had a couple of a couple of rough years there. <laughs> kind of let himself go. Yeah. Or the other way around, he had a couple of really good years. Yeah, <laughs> that too. 
I mean, a couple of years, he didn't have to worry about Jabba murdering him. Well, that's, that's got to count for something. Yep. So, um, other pre-orders, the Vintage Collection Clone Trooper 501st Legion figure and Yoda figure, which I have not seen the Yoda figure to figure out what it is. Uh, we know it's Yoda, but you know, what time period? They don't say. Uh, Black Series pre-orders, Omega Camino figure, Echo, uh, Soka Tano figure from the Mandalorian, Death Watch Mandalorian figure, The Client figure and from jedi fallen order knight brother archer gaming greats which is another in the knight brother series so we want to go through the knight brothers you know you got all the different malls i think there's been a uh, savage oppress black series i don't remember but we've had two uh, uh we've had one other knight brother um that was supposed to come out recently now we're going to have a, a Knight Brother Archer. So, uh, and then in the archive collection, we're going to get Lando and Skiffguard, Dengar, mm-hmm. Palpatine, and C3PO. Uh, and I think we're even getting, um, and then coming up in the future, we're going to get a um, Leia's Bush figure. Cool. Yeah, this, this throne room set is amazing. Looking at the pictures. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to avoid looking at it because I know if I look at it, I'm going to I'm going to want to buy it. <laughs> you find this uh, the article for this, one, Mike. Uh, you can find this article on comicbook.com. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm scouring over uh, the Star Wars site and I can't, it's like I can't find it. And the Yoda looks. I still can't tell where this Yoda's from. It has a soft goods. It has an interesting pendant around his neck. Ooh. This is a much better throne room set than the original Jabba action figure had. Yeah. <clears throat> but even the original, that that throne, that slab was worked great with this. Worked great with this set. Possibly. We'd have to see if the how the size matches on it. Yeah. This is an amazing piece. It really is. If I only had the two hundred and thirty bucks. <laughs> Yeah. See, we're all volunteers. None of us are getting paid for this, so we yeah. don't really have we don't really have a budget. <laughs> Maybe y'all should get paid. I have a budget. It's just it's just maybe, you know, ten percent of that. <laughs> so um before we go, Jordan, you have any questions for us? Chance to flip tables. Oh, let's flip the table a little bit. When did you all first get into Star Wars and when did you first discover Wikipedia? Let's flip the script a little bit here. Who wants to go first, guys? Um, I first got into Star Wars. Well, I was, um, uh, I, I'm what you might call an OG Star Wars fan. Uh, I've been a fan, you know, I was three years old when A New Hope came out, and uh, I've been a fan since the beginning. Um, I've been through all the good times, all the dark times, and uh, yeah. As far as I don't actually know when I first found Wikipedia, to be honest with you. Uh, I know. I mean, I've been using it for uh, a long time, so I don't I'm not really sure (laughs) when I started or how I started. I don't know. About you, Ken. Well, for me, figuring out um, Wikipedia part, I have no idea when it was, but it had to have been a Google search that Gene probably sent probably, me there yeah. years and years ago. <laughs> but uh, for a Star Wars mm. fan, I don't remember where it started, 
But the, my oldest memory of Star Wars was actually going to see Return of the Jedi in the theater. So and then from there, I mean, uh, my dad was always a science fiction and fantasy fan and everything else. And growing up in the 80s, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, everything that um, is the awesome geek stuff now has started around that time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Star Wars, Star Trek, Masters of the Universe, Transformers, G.I. Joe, all of it. Yeah, for for me, it's definitely seventy seven. Um, remember seeing it at the drive in movie theater in a as a double feature. Um, that's that's where I got started. That's uh, Star Wars is what brought me to uh, to the career choice that I've got now. Now being an audio engineer um, and being in the entertainment industry. The Wikipedia. I discovered Wikipedia in nineteen ninety nine. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure when I came across Wikipedia. I know it was before I started podcasting. Um, a few, maybe, maybe oh seven, oh eight. It's an important thing. Whenever I ask that question, I generally always, I a lot of time I get that same answer of that people know about Wikipedia, but nobody knows how they actually found out about it. <laughs> right. We just we just appeared at the top of the Google search. Yeah, I mean. As far as I've known, it's always been there. Um, how I came across it, I I don't remember. <laughs> I know it was before. I know it's been over twelve years because it was. You know, I caught it before my my daughter was born. She was born in '09. I'm sure. Probably, I was looking up something Star Wars related, and it, it popped up in my search, and I was like, "Ooh, what's yeah. this?" Yeah. <laughs> See, now I've left this in your heads. You're going to be wondering about this for the next few days of where the heck did I find it? Yeah, but I'm never going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I probably won't remember that either. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's a memory gone. It's probably a memory never actually formed. <laughs> There's that too. So at least for us editors, we can just scroll back to the start of our contributions and be like, oh, yeah, I remember working on that article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something at least. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions for us? Uh, that's pretty much all I've got. You got any other final Wikipedia questions you want to throw at me? Or then we pretty much covered uh, the gist of it. I think we pretty much covered the gist of it. Any final thoughts from anyone? One last thing. Do you know what was the first article ever put out on Wikipedia? Ooh. Are we going with first one like organically created on Wikipedia or the first one that was like ported over? Uh, I don't know. Your choice. Um, let me pull up the article here because I believe it might be in our history. Yes, we have an article about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was noted in there. Evolution of a wiki. No, maybe it does not actually. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. There might be one other one here. Oldest pages. Here it is. No, maybe not. That does not actually work. That's broken. Okay, then, yeah, that's actually a very good question. This oldest pages gives me something from 2007, which I know is not true, so I know that that page is broken. So before we before we exit, one question I did want to ask you was I wanted to put the question you asked us back on you and say, when, when and how did you first get into Star Wars? So for me, it wasn't so much a movie. Growing up, you know, I knew about the movies. You know, I knew about Darth Vader as Luke's father. But it was one novel mm-hmm. in particular that I picked up from a used bookstore not far from me. It was Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. Uh, There's just, yes. just something about that book and about that series that just caught my imagination as a kid. 
and just made me rush out and buy every single book I could find from a used bookstore, even if it turned out to be a, uh, you know, book five of a 12 part series, I'll use Wikipedia to fill in the gaps. But it was just that book. It was that series that just kind of really hooked me from the get go. And then from there, it's just understandable. It's down down the proverbial rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a not an uncommon answer because uh, the the Zon trilogy basically got everybody, most of the world, back into Star Wars. It really did. Yeah. See, I, f- I find that interesting because I mean, clearly, obviously, you're younger than we are. So, like you said, you already knew about Darth Vader being Luke's father and all that. So, you didn't have the that moment. That we had when watching the movie in the theater and going, no way, <laughs> or whatever our our young brains, no, it's our not young true. blown minds said, <laughs> no, it's yeah, probably not the same true. thing as Luke. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then and then, um, like I said, I you know we went through the dark times where there really wasn't where Return of the Jedi was done, and there really wasn't a whole lot going on with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I think at the overall. at the time, the only things you would have had would have been what the original Marvel run, up mm-hmm. until uh, up until you know the Earth the Empire trilogy, with yeah. um, a mm-hmm. couple others mixed in here and there. And uh, yeah, and then uh, like Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yeah, that's and the one I was trying stuff to think like of. that. Well, the one yeah. that what really kept it alive for a lot of people was the West End uh, role playing game. It really did. Mm-hmm. That too. Just, it's that. amazing how much of that world building um, still exists to this day, and how many concepts have been, you know, pulled from those initial world buildings. There's still a lot yeah. of fans playing. Yeah. I mean, the, go go to Timothy Zahn. The world of Coruscant was created in that game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Zahn pulled it and put it into the novel as the capital of the empire it was just yeah. like. The game. Or the center of the universe. Okay, is everyone back? I didn't think Did we you left. Lose us? Oh. I didn't think Okay, I didn't it just went left. quiet. <laughs> like, I was thinking I lost everyone there. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, very common. Of course, you could go check out Jordan and the team at wikipedia.com and you can find them on Twitter, Instagram at Wikipedia, correct? Um, so Twitter we are at wikofficial and on Instagram we are uh, at wikipedia. And we're also on YouTube as uh, wikipedia. You can find us there as well. Awesome. Uh, we also, we have our Discord as well, which can be found on our site. And obviously, if you haven't, if anyone has any, who's listening has any questions for us, shoot us a DM on Twitter, and uh, I'll be happy to get back to you. Awesome. Again, Ken, Derek, final thoughts? Um, just thanks for coming on. Yeah, we it was fun. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I always love a chance to, uh, like I said earlier, kind of pull back the veil and uh, give a little insight into how we operate and uh, you know how things work, how things got started. Yeah, this is a great time and definitely would love to get you back for a roundtable in the future. Oh, for sure, I'd love to. And I'll um, I'll grab all of you a link to our Discord as well so you can just join at some point if you'd like to. Um, yeah, I look forward to doing something again in the future. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull out! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!